coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the move. Getting yelled at most. EOTM radio. We heard from coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the move. Giving you the most. Yeah, station is the hottest. Playing the best independent artists and looking for more. So tune in and tell a friend about the hottest station on internet land. Yeah. Sit back and listen to EOTM on a mission. Classic City Records ain't no competition. Pay attention to the grind. We're in this division. Entrepreneurs on the move. This is giving you. EOTM radio. We're from coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the move. Giving you the mouse, EOTM radio. We're heard from coast to coast. Entrepreneurs on the moon. Giving you the mouse. EOTM, this is people taking. Okay. Hottest section in the nation, no underestimating. Nah, procrastinating and gon' hit them up. Giving you bang for your buck, get your numbers up. Come on. Stop. Sitting around whining, crying about making it, but ain't trying it. Trying it. City records, we tiring. Go to EOTM and start climbing. EOTM radio, giving you the most. EOTM radio, giving you the most.
You love to hear the story how the thugs live and worry. Stuck down in car seats, he's mandatory. Running from Jake, getting chased, hunger for pace. These are the breaks, many mistakes go down out of state. Wait, I had to let it marinate. We carry weight, trying to get laced. Slip the ace back to safe. Millionaire plan to keep the gap with the cock hammer. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth, scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips. Be poor or rich, still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the two, four, five, infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felonies. Strictly living longevity to the destiny. I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? If I rule the world, imagine that. I free all Welcome to another edition of the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Guess what? I'm he, the host. Glad to have you. Glad to know you. Uh, got an exciting show lined up for you today. But before we get started with that, I want to give out my normal acknowledgments to the family, of course. Um, want to say hello to the EOT, EOT and family, as always. A pleasure. I want to start out with Carla B., uh, the fearless leader of EOTM, her right-hand person, Ronnie First Lady GPT, and of course we're not going to forget about our East, our West Coast family. Uh, we're talking about Jimmy E O T M Baker, and we're talking about uh, Queen G, who's out on the West Coast filling in. And of course we're not going to forget about Sweet Tea in the Atlanta area, and uh, our, my good brother Ron for Ron and his sidekick Mother Jenkins. Um, we got a pretty good show lined up for you tonight, family. I know uh, the other day we talked about the juvenile justice system and uh, some of the things that are going on with the uh, juvenile justice system um, and the treatment of our kids. And they had some interesting comments that came in from some interesting callers out there. Um, and that was great, great thing. Uh, but today, family, we're chopping it up about the adult side of the house because there's a little long secret. A lot too many people are familiar with, should I say, is the adult criminal justice system, the parole and the um, probation department. Mm -hmm. That's right, I said the adult parole and probation department. Okay? Let alone things about that, uh, you know, here's the thing, here's the deal, family, is that a lot of folks don't realize that that falls under what I term uh, social uh, traps, social traps. That's right. And it's it's a it's a business family. Let's just call it what it is. It's an outright business. And uh, you know, as long as we want to hold our heads and stand about it, uh, what's going to happen is that, that that business is going to just keep right on going and right on going, and they're going to keep making money off of us because essentially, 
you know, in my mind, what it essentially boils down to is modern-day slavery. And I hopefully, you know, once, once we go along uh, in the show, you know, I'll be able to articulate that to you. And I'm not trying to turn people on or off to the system as far as what it is and what it's doing. Um, what I'm what I'm here and what I'm trying to do is to enlighten folks as to what's going on with other people as they transverse and go through the system needlessly and some of the reasons why this is happening. The bottom line is it's, it's a money-making thing, family. It's all about the dollars and cents. You know, I'll give you a little bit of history, uh, a little uh, a brief insight on it right right, uh, right away. How many people know that the people that are on parole and probation have to pay a fee, have to pay a fine? It costs money for them to be on parole and probation. It's not free, okay? And it's not just fines and fees and those little things that the judges see fit to attach. It's also got a lot to do with uh, court costs. Uh, just so, I mean, I'll go down the list later on in the show, family. But it's a lot of needless things, um, you know. Because nine out of ten times, when someone goes into the system, especially on probation or parole, they're a felon. Which means, you know, hey, getting a job is virtually next to none. Not to mention the fact that you're probably going to be stuck out trying to pay child support too. And you know, those child support people don't care about how you get it or when you get it. They just want you to get it. Um, you know, before we get into the, the meat of this thing, and I want to say this to you, family. You know. Who's responsible? That's a good question. You know, who's responsible for the numbers and the ambiguity that goes on with the probation and parole departments? You know what? The judges, the ambitious prosecutors, the greedy defense attorneys, and you know what? Most importantly, the supporting cast, if there is any, us, people like us, because we sometimes have a tendency to turn our backs on those people that need our help. Um, you know, and that's not right. You know, a couple of shows ago, family, we talked about how uh, when people are released from prison or from parole or, yeah, from the prison system, that uh, society seems to feel, to feel that, hey, you know, your debt isn't paid. You know, we want you to walk around with the big F on your back, and we're not going to hire you. We're not going to give you any, you know, any, any way out to support yourself, your family, and, and so forth and so on. And it's unfortunate, but what happens is we contribute, I think, as a society to the rate of recidivism. Rate of recidivism means that those people that come in and out of the system and have a tendency to reoffend, in most cases it's because they're trying to survive. Um, and that's a sad story because we're treating them and pushing them back into a, a vicious cycle. We've got to realize that, family. So that's kind of what the show is about, too, tonight. Um, but even more so, it's just to expose uh, some of those things that are going on with the parole and the probation uh, department and systems. And I'm going to give you some startling numbers, too, family, about uh, the number of people that are actually on parole and on probation. It's going to blow your minds, I hope. But with that being said, hold tight. We're going to pay some bills real fast, and then we're going to come back on the Don Adams Jr. talk show, and we're going to get right with it. It's time for the Don Adams Sweet Tea, the talk show. On EOTM Radio. Let's talk about it. I thank God. I don't know what 
dope Thinking will I live another drop oh, I gotta go Cause I got me a drop top And if I hit the switch I can make the ass drop Had to stop at a red light Looking in my mirror Not a jack of red And everything is alright I got a beat from Kim And she could do it all night Called up the homies And I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week messed around and got a triple-double Freaking brothers every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day Direction as I ran the intersection With the show dog's house They was watching you and TV rap What's the hat on the crap? Shake em up, shake em up, shake em up, shake em Roll em in a circle of homies And watch me break em with the seven Seven eleven, seven eleven Seven even back those little jokes Picked up the cash flow Then we play bone And I'm yelling domino Plus nobody I know got Today was a good day. Epiphany. You can find my work at www.myspace.com forward slash Epiphany's House. As a Poetry Over Music Senate member, I'm proud to be a part of Poetry Over Music campaign to grow poetry and spoken word. So, 
From now and until the end of the year, Poetry Over Music is going to be giving away thousands of dollars in gift cards. The way to win this month is to go out and spread the word about EOTM. Tell your friends, coworkers, pastors, strangers, etc., etc., etc. And the person that EOTM says refers the most listeners or poets will win a Poetry Over Music gift card. It's just that easy. If you have not done so, please go to www.poetryovermusic.com, join the page, and check out the new Poetry Over Music magazine featuring me. Someone I can depend on if you're down no matter what. Let me know what you're waiting for. If you want my speed, you Welcome to your Black Money Minutes, presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. You know, when two people decide to get married, it's a pretty exciting time, but it also brings up a lot of hard questions. One of these questions is, how exactly are you and your spouse-to-be going to merge your money? The first step in doing this is to start discussing your financial goals. A good exercise to get this going is for each partner to make a list of his or her short-term goals, like paying off a credit card, getting a new car, or even going on a vacation. Then begin to list your long-term goals, like retirement or having a baby. From there, you should be able to determine which of these goals are a priority to both of you. Then, once you've identified these goals, you can focus your energy on achieving them. This is Gil Michelle. That was your Black Money Minute, presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. To get more information and receive our free newsletter, visit blackmoneymatters.com. Hey, family, welcome back to the Don Adams Senior Talk Show. That's right. You know, I love that Black Money Matters commercial. It always starts off with the big question, when you decide to get married. Oh, a lot to think about. All right, family, let's get with it. We're talking about probation and parole. Matter of fact, let's just call it what it is. We're talking about social traps. Um, how they're fitting in into our program and, and how we're falling into them is where we're trying to go with this. Before we and family, I did have the chat room open. Uh, I got bumped out, so whichever one of the other queens came in, you bumped me out. Um, but that's okay, family. I'll be back with you momentarily. But the chat room is open, and I will be back in shortly. Uh, with that being said, um, let me give out the uh, station's information before we get before we move any further with it. www.eotmradio is where you can go to find out the latest with EOTM Radio, or you can go to www.queensofinternetradio.com. And, of course, my personal email is donadamstalkshow at eotmradio.com. Tonight's call-in number, as always, is 718-664-6543. Let me say it again, 718-664-6543. And I don't want you all to be afraid to call in. I want to know what's on your heart and mind. Um, call in. This is certainly a hot topic. And, you know, the thing about it is, is this, family, is if we don't discuss it, it will never be heard. If we don't discuss it, it will never be heard. And if it's never heard, it will never be told. Does that make sense to anybody? Because you can't hear something that's not that's not told. In other words, it's it's something that needs to be said, family. And if we don't address it, it's just going to get worse. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to be all that in the cause, but I think it has to start somewhere. You know, I mentioned earlier in the show we are going to be talking about the parole and probation department. 
Um, and before it's over with, I also want to put some information out there that's going to hopefully help some of those folks that are on parole and probation to be able to deal with parole and probation uh, in a better light. Um, so it's fortunate that they have to deal with it. And I'm not going to say that all people that are on parole and probation don't belong there, but too often those of us who are on probation or on parole, myself not included, uh, are on there needlessly. And, you know, a lot of times what, what we don't know behind closed doors is that what it boils down to is the system needing to make more money off of our issues. And I say our issues because nine out of ten times when you're placed on parole or probation, or let's just say with probation, because um, there is a difference between parole and probation, I'll say that up front. But when you're placed on probation, nine out of ten times you've done something that society probably feels like doesn't warrant you to be put in prison, but they want to at least make you pay for what you've done, so to speak, and they'll place you on probation. Um, probation, the difference between probation and parole is probation is what happens or people are sentenced to probation prior to being sentenced to prison. All right? It's the first step before you go to jail or before you go to prison. Whereas parole means you are in prison and you are being paroled out of prison. Now, essentially, both of those are the same things. You have a parole officer and a probation officer, someone that you have to report in, and, and you also have to pay fines and fees uh, in order to remain out on the streets. Uh, and that's a huge part of it because people go back to jail for not being able to pay their fines or being able to pay their fees. That's what they're called in the parole and probation department. Uh, it could be anywhere from 25 to $45 a month, depending on what the judge has deemed necessary for you to have to pay. And that's important for us to know, family, because um, this is why I say it's a money-making uh, system. we got somebody already coming in on the line, and I'm going to assume this is one of our callers. They want to comment already. It's uh, 347, you're on the line, the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Go ahead. How you doing, brother? This is Elohim from the Elohim Show. I'm also a blog talk radio host calling into your show. Oh, excellent, excellent. Good to have you. Good to have you. How are you tonight? I'm okay, brother. Are you from Queens, New York? No, actually I'm not. I'm from Texas. Uh, I'm living in the Georgia area, Atlanta, Georgia area, but I'm from Texas. Okay, because you said welcome to Queens. I thought maybe you were from, because I'm from New York City. That's why I was asking. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Oh, no, no, no. The Queens of Internet Radio are the are the, uh, the ladies responsible for the show here, the EOTM, uh, the Don oh. Adams Jr. Talk Show. Yeah, those are our producers. So usually when I mention the queens, I give them shouts out. Okay, that's what it is. I like your show. You know. Okay. I I'm okay. on a, I'm on a mission in the movement. I'm concerned about black people, brother. My show's the Elohim show, and I just talk about topics pertaining to black people. Mm -hmm. I okay. yes, I do have love for other nations and other people, but I just have a philosophy. You have to clean up your own backyard first before you can deal. With other people, and I just I, I'm setting up a show, other than my Elohim show, it's called Why Can I Stand Up for My People, and I'm looking for brothers like you who I'm listening to talk, who's willing to sit with me on Sundays at 10 a.m. for two hours, and we really sit down and discuss just how we're going to sit down and come mm -hmm. to conclusions about black people only. I mean, I, I really gave advertisements out. Everybody. Well, you know, well, you know what? I want to say this to you. And, and, and I feel your passion, and I do feel where you're going with that. But I, I want to say this to you. You know, most of this, and I agree with what you're saying, that we have to clean up our own mess and our own yard before we're able to go next door and deal with anybody else. But here's the thing, if, you, if, if, I, can, if I can interject this, no, is that a broken people, you follow what I'm saying? A broken people, which is what we are, 
Uh, how is it that as a broken people we can find ways to repair ourselves? And now I say that because I'm trying to appeal. You seem you sound like a very intellectual brother. I want to appeal to your consciousness, um, and you know, with where I think you're trying to go with all of that. But I, and I say that to say this: that you know, when I put shows like this one out about the parole and probation system that, that are out there, these social traps is what I call them. And we have to teach our young men. Go ahead, I'm listening. Yeah, ab- topic. absolutely. We have to teach our young men uh, and our young women, unfortunately, how to avoid uh, these issues, these traps. And I think that that, I mentioned on one of the shows, that I, the previous show, because we discussed the uh, juvenile justice system, is that when you're black, that training starts from birth. Follow where I'm going? That starts from birth. Mm-hmm. Other people are teaching their children how to deal with finances and economics. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we have to start ours out and let them know that, hey, we've got some systems in place that we have to learn how to deal and operate within. And so with that being said, you know, like I said, the topic tonight is the probation and parole system because I think that a lot of people should understand that we live in an age where we are capable of and have access to so many different things. And I like to talk about those in the civil rights community in the civil rights days when they, want, when they fought for civil rights. Those people didn't have fax machines. They didn't have they didn't have uh, computers. They barely had phones. They didn't have cell phones. But you know what, folks? They made a movement and they made it happen. And you know what? As a result of that, we today are receiving the benefits of what Thank they have you. done. You now, here's why I say that. Now, I say that to say this: uh, Would anyone in their right mind go out and squander their father's earnings? In other words, your parents. By tradition, according to other communities and cultures that I've studied, live and work to leave behind a legacy for their children. I'm talking about our forefathers who left behind the legacy of equal rights for us. Have we squandered their earnings? Have we done what we needed to do as a people to move forward and to avoid some of these traps and things that are going on when we're talking about the parole, probation, and the big one is the child support system. You follow where I'm going? Brother, may I respond to that deep question, yeah. please? Yeah, absolutely, please. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, let me say this, man. You know, for one thing, first of all, I believe, you understand, and listen to listen to us very well, brothers and sisters. You got people that go to college to become lawyers, district attorneys, judges. They done paid all that college money. They're going to lock people up. They need court cases. So they're going to have a system to manipulate the youth. I got a song called Politics. I'm a music producer. And my song Politics talks about the youth going in and out the system like a revolving door. It's all about money. They've got to pay for that college, all them years of college. That's just, to me, one aspect, you know, one one aspect of it. You know, and um, what else did you say? I'm trying to get. What else did you say about it? The, um, well, well, I was, I was saying that uh, you know, the parole and probation department. Okay, now, and, and and you're right. One of the things that 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 what you're saying as far as these folks that are in the system that go to school all this time to wear the title of judge and lawyer and defense attorney. You know, these folks, in my opinion, have gone. And folks, let me just let me, let me just put this out there for those of you who will call in and maybe want to. Uh, my background is a law enforcement background. I spent a total of maybe 12 years in law enforcement, and I, I finished out as a state felony probation officer. So, for those of you who want to call in and wonder why I say the things that I say, I will say this to you: You have not sat in the judge's chambers drinking a bottle of scotch 
when he's talking about that defendant like he's dog meat. You have not listened to some of the conversations that transpire between prosecutors and defense attorneys as they laugh and joke over whether or not they're going to sentence you or whether or not they're going to barter with your life in, in exchange for a plea that they both very well know that you have no business even pleading to. So these are things that I have personally experienced with, in my experience as a law enforcement officer. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that works in the system uh, is as, uh, what's the word I want to look for, as critical, uh, or should I say is as bad off as all of that. But it goes to tell you this. Family, you never know who you're dealing with when you're sitting back across the table and that judges if they're making decisions and choices about your life. So that's why we, that's another reason why we're doing this show. Right. So those of you who want to know where this is coming from, it's coming from my experience and from my knowledge and training. So with that being said, what was your question, bro? Okay, brother, I just got back to my other train of thought. You also mentioned ah. child support. <laughs> the child support. I really want to touch the child support. Mm-hmm. I did a show on, you know, deadbeat dads one day. And mm-hmm. I had a caller call from Florida. His name was Richard. And he introduced to me Roe versus Wade. Now, I always heard about Roe versus Wade, but, you know, you hear about it on the news. I really pay too much attention to it. Well, I researched it that night, and it blew my mind. Let me tell you what I found out about it. And then when he found that I understood it and comprehended it, he sent me information, and I'm willing to email you and send the same information that he sent me to you. Roe versus Wade, what I found out is that a woman in Texas was around 20 years old, and she was pregnant. And back then, it was illegal to have an abortion for doctors to practice it at all. And she told the Supreme Court, look, I can't have this baby. I can't take care of it. I can't support it. You cannot make me have this baby. So they gave her the right over her body to have the abortion. And within that law, a woman has been given the right over her body for the first four months of decision without even the government's involvement. Now listen very carefully what I'm saying to you. Being that the government has to be out, it's illegal for them to tax brothers for child support. The woman has the right over her body for contraceptives and everything. Now what I found out is that you gotta it 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 the, the lawyers know this, but they thought that it was abolished. But a lot of lawyers won't bring it up. But if you go to your lawyers and bring this Roe versus Wade, Wade legislation up, you can fight. Now they have a Roe versus Wade two equal protection clause for the man now to fight for his rights. And look this up, Roe versus Wade. Really check it out. Look it up on the internet because this man named Richard put me on to this. Look this up, and uh, and definitely through Britannica. Britannica has a lot of publications about Roe versus Wade. Brothers can really find out how to fight against this child support, and and I'm gonna tell you I, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I introduced this little little bit of legislation to a friend that I knew here in New York City, and you know what happened? He said his lawyer said to him he thought it was abolished, and they automatically stopped his child support payments that he had to make further out. And he still ain't making any more payments. And now he's looking at a couple of thousand dollars. He's put over $30,000 he's supposed to get back. But they're getting... Are you, saying, are, are, are you saying that because of Robos versus Wade that his child support came to an end? Yes. Blue and what mind. state was this? It, it, it was established in the state of Texas. 
And because she won that with the Supreme Court, it was amended through all the other states of the country that a woman has a right over her whole body. Roe versus Wade, bottom line, is that a woman, it doesn't make a difference about color, a woman has a right over her body, and the government can't even get involved. She won that right. She won that. She fought that, and she won it. But with that law, they was able to step on the rights of men. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Through child support and all these other different avenues in which they manipulate men. Because but but you know what? I'm going to say this to you, and I know where you're going, but I'm gonna say, and I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to say I this just, to you. Here's a, here's, here's, here's a deeper thought for you, since we're on the child support subject already. Here's a deeper thought. Imagine this. If everyone would take a minute and say, you know what, I had a baby. You know what, we had a child. Our situation's not working. Why can't we sit down at the table and discuss what needs to happen and work it out? See, the issue, I think, with child support is not very much how to teach men how to get out of paying child support. I think the bigger issue and the bigger problem is how to teach, and I say this without without wanting to disrespect our females out there, but how to teach some of our women to not use child support as a means of torture or revenge or vengeance on a man. <laughs> and also, and also, and the part of some of the men out there who have their children and are using the child support as the same means. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm a firm believer in this, empowerment. Check this out. I don't care. I don't give a shit what it is. I don't care what the law is. I don't care what the ruling is. If we as a people don't fight, don't bite into it, it won't happen. People like to say that the John Lynch letter is a real thing. I don't believe it's real. I don't believe in the Willie Lynch letter. I think it's a fraud. I think that it's just another thing that was tossed out there for us to say this is why we do the things that we do. I don't believe it at all. I believe that when we talk about the parole, probation, and even the child support system, we integrate ourselves into that. And see, I understand what your position is, but here's a bigger picture. Why not teach ourselves to be better than ourselves so that we don't end up in these programs? Because regardless of what they say child support is or isn't, we put ourselves in those programs, whether we as absentee fathers disrespect our mothers, or whether we as mothers and or whatever and vice versa, or whether we as women decide that we want to get back at these men because we couldn't have them. So we take things and we try to get back at them. Well, you know what you're doing? You're feeding the angry beast. You're Brother, feeding the that's system. Why I, I you are feeding the system. I don't cut you off, but that's why I called yep. you in the first place. I'm yep. doing a show called Why Can't I Stand Up For My People, and that's mm -hmm. my show for Sunday, what you just said. Uh, mm -hmm. Stop holding on, because I, I, I'm very deep. I am a very knowledgeable brother, and a lot of times I teach my people about what happened to us in history mm -hmm. that they don't know about. But, yes, I am looking for a more simpler way, and the way you said it is right, not blaming white people and what happened to We understand. Well, you, well, you, well, you know what? Let me tell you if something, you wanna, bro. Go ahead. At the end, but, but you know something? At the end of the day, here's the deal. White people are white people. They do what they do. Black people are black people. We either do or don't do what we do, and I said it the way I meant to say it. Here's the deal, and I'm just speaking from a hypothetical. I'm just speaking from a black man's point of view. Every single social problem and issue that I've ever had, it didn't come from somebody white. It came from somebody black. Oh, now, yeah. these, <laughs> these tools and these things are in place. Now, those other folks, those white people on the other side of the fence, of course, if you step across the fence and you allow them to mow your grass, Guess what? You're going to get your ass chewed. That's the bottom line. But somebody, in my opinion, has to feed you to that, or we have to not educate ourselves to not know how to get how to fall into these social traps. So that's what I'm going. It's not so much the fact that these things exist as much as it is 
how do we educate our people and say, look, let me tell you something, case in hand. You want to talk about child support? Let's talk about child support. Mother and father, you're angry right now. Sit down, calm down, relax, come back to the table at a later date and discuss what needs to be discussed. Nothing galls me more when I hear women call into my shows and say, well, you know, I tried to talk to him, and he didn't want to listen. You know what my next question for that woman is going to be? Well, let me ask you this. Did you try to talk to him right after the breakup, or did you give him some time and then come back? Well, of course I tried to talk to him right away. Well, guess what? In anybody in their right mind, have you ever resolved an argument when you were upset? Hell no, you haven't. Not well, at all. I, I would love to you need to calm down. I would love to invite you to help me on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. with this very thing we're talking about. Well, yeah, you, That's you, what you I definitely want to have do. my support. So what you do is what you do is this, bro. Hold on with me on the show if you have time, and then I can get your information, or I can, yeah, I can give you my. If you get a pen, I can shoot you my email, and you can shoot. Well, me I'll, do, I'll do that because I'm, I'm I'm right now I'm doing right. a little surfing around, so I'm gonna send you my email, we'll, friend request, and all that. I'm gonna send you a message and all we'll my information. All right, what and we'll do that. But is exactly what I want to do. Okay, absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad. Hey, listen, man. I, listen, I'm all for it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely all for it. But now here's the thing. Let me just take the state of Georgia, for instance. Let's get back to probation. Here's the thing. Now, family, listen to this. Probation. Georgia has a unique probation system. It's broken down into different types of uh, uh, divisions, if you will. You have community supervision, intensive probation supervision, specialized probation services, which handle sex offenders. You've got day reporting centers, and then you have probation facilities all over the state of Georgia. Now, here's the thing, and I'm picking on Georgia because I live here, and it's the system that I'm the most familiar with. And we'll get back to the national statistics in a minute. But here's the deal, okay? Think about this. In the field operations in the state of Georgia, you have uh, almost 55,000 people walking around who are on probation, okay? 55,000 who are on probation for property offenses. Let's talk about the sex offenders. You got at least 32,000. Now, now, write these numbers down because these numbers are going to increase as we go. This is not a totality. This is broken down. 32,000 and some are sex offenders that are in the state of Georgia along with those property offense offenders who are on probation. And I say property offense offenders because family – uh, these are folks that, like, maybe damaged some property somewhere and the judge said, well, I'm not going to put you in jail. I'm just going to put you on probation because they want you to pay fines and fees and go forth and so on. And Imagine that. Now, with that being said, you've got over 4,000 of them that are here in the state of Georgia which is based upon what's called the Interstate Compact. And that's important, family, because y'all need to understand the Interstate Compact is what allows probationers to travel and live in different places. It's what allows child support agencies to do what they do and cross state lines and to come and, and, come and screw with you. It's what allows a lot of different things to, to happen to you in this country. It's the Interstate Compact. But in the state of Georgia, we've got up to 4,000 people who live here who are on felony probation from another state that are here living in your state, okay? Now, that's important because a while back there was a special on television where they said states are swapping inmates. Like Texas may say, well, it's an overcrowded issue, so we're going to send our Texas inmates over to Missouri somewhere so that they can be housed over there. Well, that's huge because states send big money over there. If incarceration is big money. They get paid for that, okay, family? Now, those 4,000 probationers that are here are paying probation fees and fines to the state of Georgia. Imagine that. So to be on probation, it's not free of cost, family. You have to pay to be there. You follow me? Are you familiar with probation? I, I, done, I done did the numbers. There's 91,000 brothers all messed up in the system. That's right. Absolutely. You must be yep, You must be on the computer because that's exactly where I was going to go. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a fact. You know, and it's atrocity because, you know, here's the thing. 
you know, think about this. And I and I don't make any excuses for the behavior of some of our brothers that are out there because God only knows that some of them do deserve to be on there. But you know what? Here's the thing. What's happened to us as a people? Why is it that we are leading the nation in every negative category that's out there, up to and including parole, probation, child support, the whole nine? Why? Why is that? You know what that tells me? That tells me that we are broken people. This is what I said in the beginning of the show, a broken people. How can we help a, a, a someone else when we are broken people? Every other race oh, man, that's see, out there. See, that's what my show is about Sunday my theory is we got to clean our own backyard before we can start dealing with white people in other nations. Other men and nations are established with their men, women, and children, family structures. We're not. Mm-hmm. And we got so much that we got to get together as black people. Our woman ain't with us. We got to get to break that brick wall between her so we can talk with her again. We got to get our children off the streets. We got so much to do as black men for ourselves, man. Yeah, well, you know, I feel your pain, but you know something, man? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna put this out there. You know, I've always said this is one of the things that I promote as well is that um, when it comes to us as a race, okay? Now, I'm, it's not to say that black men can't do it. We cannot do it alone. We need our women. Our strength is in our women. We need our women to come on board. We need our women to be supportive. We need, and we need them to believe in us again as men. Um, what has happened is that there is a paradigm that has taken place over the last 20 years, 20, 30 years, where this phrase, I don't need a man, has taken hold in mm-hmm. our community and, and mm-hmm. it's gone to another level. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but if you have a child in your life, you need a man. If you are a woman, and I don't care how successful you are, you still need a man. And I'm going to tell you why, because there's things that a man would bring to the table that you'll never be able to understand. There's things that a woman would bring to the table that a man would never be able to understand. And I say it purposely like that. Because Balance. we can't bring, we cannot bring to the table what the other one should bring. Universal I don't care how we try to, I don't care, exactly, I don't care how we try to, where is that? So my point being is that as a society, I feel like this. The reason why we have so many of our young men on parole and in pro, on probation is because we have lost that disconnect as a family, as a unit. Now, the question now becomes, where do we get that back? How do we do that? That's where you are, my brother. You're trying to figure out a way to fix our societal exactly. issues. And that's where we are with that. You know, the probation and parole department, you have to, people have to understand this. If I am a lion in the jungle and I'm hungry, if a creature crosses my path, I will eat. Now, if I am a lion in the jungle and I can't come across a creature or whatever it is I want to eat or whatever I happen to, you know, whatever I feel like I can devour, then I will starve to death. The system is the lion. We keep falling into the path, and the lion pounces on us, and it eats us and devours us. I can't make it any more simpler than that. So what we have to do is find the strength to become more cohesive as a family, and we got to save ourselves, man, because no that's one else is going to do it. Show is, that's all I can say. That's what my Sunday show at 10 a.m. is about, for us to sit there no one else is going to do it. Let's talk and figure this thing out. That's what it's about, brother. That's why I'm calling your show, and I'm surfing for brothers who I'm listening, talking like you, so we can get together on Sunday morning. And and talk to the world. And yeah. you know Fridays. You know what Fridays on Fridays. You know what I do on Fridays, man. Is I let people call in on Fridays and they shout their business and the shows out on Fridays. Okay. Fridays, gonna, I, I completely open it up. I'm gonna send you a friend request, and I'm gonna stay on top of you, brother, because you are positive. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That's the only way to be. You know what? We gotta pay some bills. Uh, stick with us, man. Don't go anywhere just yet. And for the rest of the family that's listening, i got to pay some bills. And when I come back, um, I want to send a special shout-out to my group, 
the Night Riders of the Atlanta, Georgia area. That's my motorcycle group. Now, they're, they're, now, listen to me clear, clearly, family. They are no longer a group that I talk about. They are now my group. I belong to them. We are a family. So when we come back um, from this commercial, uh, I'm going to give them a shout-out and uh, mention their anniversary. And then this brother and I are going to continue to chop it up. And we're going to get back to straight to the uh, parole issues because we just finished chopping up about the probation. But we're going to talk about the parole issues. And one of the things, too, I want to leave you with, family, is I want to tell everyone out there who's on probation and parole how to deal with parole and probation. There's a way to handle this, family, so that you don't have to deal with those issues. You shouldn't be on it any damn way. But since you are, I'm going to put it out there for you. New York need to hear that. I got to invite you to one of my shows on a weeknight where we can talk about this, brother, on, on my show here in New York live. I got you, man. Now stick with us. We'll be right back. Listen to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. We'll be right back, family. The camp is here. The camp is here. Hey, y'all. It's here. It's finally here. The buzz is here. What is the buzz? EOTM Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com is a monthly magazine on the web. Continuing with EOTM's mission to encourage, empower, and enlighten. Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com will help bring entrepreneurs together and connecting minds will increase network to increase network. Read EOTM Buzzwire Magazine each month at EOTMBuzzwire.com and stay enlightened and empowered.
pleased to say that they would rather switch than Amen, brother. Amen, brother. You know, I had to play that again for you, family. I love that part of the song because I am a public enemy at heart. Listen up, family. Let me send a shout-out for my folks here in the Atlanta area, the Night Strikers. We're having an ad- we are having an anniversary party here in Atlanta, Georgia, Saturday, June the 12th. This is my motorcycle group, my newly adopted family. That's right. They just adopted me. It's going to be located at 2865 Donald. Lee Hollowell Parkway in Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, you know, family, we want to welcome you all over. Whether you're a biker, or whether you're not, I'll be there as well. Don E O T M Adams, along with the rest of my Night Striker family, and we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna do it biker style here in Atlanta, and we're asking all of you who are in the shot of uh, shot of my voice, and if you know somebody who's a biker, pass it out and let them know. Come on out to the Night Strikers anniversary party um, this Saturday uh, from 12, I'm sorry, from 6 p.m. until 12. Actually, from 6 p.m. until. There is no curfew, y'all. So all you married folks out there, just beware. The location, once again, is 2865 Donnelly Hollowell Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia. 30318 is the zip code. Just want to put that out there and send some mad love to my Night Strikers. All right. We're talking about, you're listening to the Don Adams Jr. talk show, and we're talking about the parole, probation, and the child support system, the social traps that are hanging us up. And fortunately, we have a caller on the line who's out of the New York area. Brother has a talk show of his own, decided to call in and chime in and give us some of his personal thoughts on the matter. You still with us, brother? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm still here, brother. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, man, uh, you know, I had to get that shout out there, man, from my Night Strikers, man. You know, I'm, I'm with a bike group, man, and uh, I'm going to show them some mad love, of course, always. But with that being said, man, you know, you mentioned some things, man, in the show that were very, very interesting. But I want to put some things out there for the family because family knows that I like to put out statistical information for them. Parole and probation in the United States, as of 2008, presents the number of adults under community supervision, parole, and probation combined at year end of 2008. And this rate grows uh, every year. Okay, family? So it's important for you all to understand that. It grows. And this is also including uh, sex offenders. Now, these statistics that I'm about to put out include ethics. Uh, It doesn't matter what the gender type is. It's all ethics, all groups, all backgrounds. And here we go. Nearly 5.1 million adults are under community supervision or were under community supervision as of uh, 2008, equivalent of about one in every 45 adults in the United States. Okay? Probationers totaled 4,270,917, okay? That represented the majority at 84% in these numbers, family. The community supervision population in 2008 for parolees was 828,169, which accounted for about 16%. So they're locking them up, but they're not wanting to let them out. The probation and parole populations grew at the same rate during 2008 up until 2009, uh, which was about 0.9% for each one. All right, family? Those are huge numbers, even if it doesn't sound like that. And here's the last one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, here's the last one. The probation population increased by 36,446 uh, probationers, while the parole population increased by only 6,000. 992 parolees during the year. Okay, family? That's important. What was your question, bro? 
can, do you have any statistics on how many of all of that is just for black men and Latinos? Well, yeah, yeah, you know what, I, and I hear where you're going. I can get that for you, and I'm going to work on getting that for you while we're here on the show. But I'm going to say this to you, man. You know, I mentioned something in my previous shows that I think is very important just to note that, you know, I know our focus is, I know your focus is a lot of times on black men and Hispanic men or the minority community. But here's the thing right here. Check this out and see if this makes sense to you. I do not like to leave out my Caucasian brothers, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I have found in my experience in the criminal justice system that, you know what, the ones of them that cannot afford attorneys, which is what happens to a lot of black men and Hispanic uh, and also uh, Hispanic uh, men in the, in the, in the uh, system, they fall under the same umbrella that we are under. Because guess what? They're no, they're, they're, they can't afford an attorney even just as well as we can. And what happens is when you're talking about the angry beast called the system, they've gotten to the thing. They have refined the system so well to the point where it won't matter if you're white, black, or whatever. If you don't have the money, if you don't walk in court with a paid attorney, your goose is done. And if you can't keep that attorney on staff, your goose is done. So I don't like to leave out our Caucasian brothers because I'm going to tell you something. They are a large percentage. As a matter of fact, their percentage in the system is larger than that of the Hispanic population. You have the black population, and then we have the Caucasian population, and the Hispanic population is following closely. What's happening is because of the immigration laws, the Hispanic populations are becoming beginning to get more and more incarcerated and locked up. So, you know, I don't want to leave them out. But, yeah, you're right. As always, we lead the nation. Black and African American community. We need the nation in it. What do you think about that, bro? I definitely, definitely agree with you, because um, mm-hmm. of course, because um, I haven't did, did, haven't done any prison time, like state time, but I've been in a little system, you know, and I've you know met some some white guys in there, and they we are when when you're in oh, there, shit, we are man, we all been in the same, same system, man. And if we're in there. <laughs> See me, we have to say that honestly, haven't haven't been done state time, but have been in the system a little. When you're in there, everybody's a brother, man. Unless you want some old bullshit. But other right. than that, everybody's a brother, man. Everybody just want to talk and understand each other. Now I do know that about jail. I, I can tell everybody there's a certain brotherly love that comes together with men when they get locked up that they don't get on the street. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced that, so I have to say yes because I had been in the system a little bit. I have to agree with you. Mhm. You know the strange thing about it is, and I keep saying it again. You know, we always want to talk about how, you know, we have all our black men going to jail, all our brothers doing this. But you know what, man? Let me tell you something. Honest to God, truth, and I'm gonna take a little bit of steam out of that. But I'm gonna say it like this. You know, yeah, we do have a lot of brothers that are getting locked up. We got a lot of brothers going through some things, but we got a lot of brothers that's making some bad choices. So here's my thing. Here's my, here's my thing. Rather than pointing the finger and saying, yep, I see you, you're just a number, you're in the system, how about we do this? How about we sit down as a group in a society and we say, okay, if we have this common issue, there has to be a common problem. And if it's a common problem, there has to be a common resolution. So how do we achieve that common resolution, which is the end game to this whole thing? You follow where I'm going? Let's well, find out what's going on with our brothers. Let's find out what's going on with our people so we can fix this thing. Well, then you know what? I invite also to my show all mm-hmm. the minorities of the whites to come and join us. Mm-hmm. That's how I would answer that, because well, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite. There are minorities in in the Caucasian structure, 
that's not mm-hmm. getting a fair shake just like we are. I, I definitely, oh, yes, I'm, I, I'm going to own up to that. And, and, mm-hmm. and in fact, and if there are minority whites that want to sit back, who they call white trash now, that want to sit down and talk with us and unite with us too, I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do some old 60s movement. Once again, but now in these times, yes, I am. Some old Hoodstock, Woodstock, yes, I am. I really am. I'm serious. I'm, yeah, brother, I could do that. Yes. Yes. Yes, I can. With the minority whites, yes, I can. Yes. The one, yes, yes. Yes, I can. I can. I can honestly say I can. Yes, I can. Well, you know yes. what? You know something? Here, here's the thing is that I, I honestly believe this, that we cannot by any means leave each other out. You know, and, and here's, here's where I'm going, is that we have to understand that, you know, when George Bush and all those other gangsters, the Bush-Cheney gangs, took over the White House, these gangsters let a lot of other things get out of control, the Justice Department, these other organizations that snuck in and created these little stinking laws and these other things that we got going on, took away some of the programs that we can use to uh, to re-enter our, our offenders as they come out of prison and back into society. The Bush-Cheney gang family is responsible for that, and I do proudly say that they are true American gangsters, George Bush and Mr. Uh, Dickhead Cheney. But with that being said, we have to we have to look and we have to realize that you know what these men have done is they have unfortunately they left us left us with a huge goose egg. And I'm gonna tell you how that works. You lay the egg and it ferments, it masturbates, or it sits there and it matures and it becomes whatever is going to come out of the egg. What that means is we often, like it's like when they came out with the we don't need a man clause. 20 years later, oh, all y'all that didn't need a man, guess where your sons are? Most of your sons are locked up or they just out here running oh. around because you needed a man. Oh. Well, here we go. Guess wow. what? They laid an egg on us. And here's the egg right here. The egg is this. <laughs> now we got all these social controls and stuff in place. They done took away. They done stripped down all the stuff we do in school. They done took away religion in the schools, which, by the way, they did that so that they could add to the parole, parole, and, and, uh, parole and probation oh, population. Yeah, God, so they, 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 they stripped all of that away. And guess what we have? We have a scaled-down version of what parents have a right to do and not do according to the law in most countries. Because there are some parents who are scared to death to do anything about some of the things their kids are doing. Well, guess oh, what? Oh, yes. When they grow up, yes. they end up I on parole right and probation. I know, I know I found the right brother. It's just about me and you uniting and getting this done. But what I'm looking to do, <laughs> you're the brother. Don, and let me let, let me, can I say this to your listeners? Don Adams, I am Elohim from the Elohim Show, and this is my first time talking with Don Adams, and I love his show. I want you all to know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate the shout out. You know, let me put something out there uh, for the family, too, man, because, I mean, these folks know that I love statistics. Here's, here's something that everybody should know, all right? Total 5,692,500 people currently, uh, which is approximately 2.8% of our population. Uh, currently, that number breaks down like this. 3,266 people and 87,000 are on probation. 557,997 of 74,000 are on uh, uh, are in jail. Okay, let's go to the prison population. 1,176,922 Americans on parole. 690,752 are on parole. Now let's break that down by the number by the sex. All right, let's talk about males. Out of those numbers I just named. 
4,797 and 200 of them are male. Out of the females. Well, I was going to ask you about that. What about the females? No, 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 I got it. No, you asked that question earlier. I, I'm going to put it all out there. All right? Females. 895,300 of them are females. Now, let's break it down by the races. 300, I'm sorry, 3,427,000 of them are white. Let's break wow. it down. Now, listen, here's a shocker. 2,149,900 are black. That means that there are more white people incarcerated, according to the numbers that I'm reading, when you look at the male and female by group, then there are black people incarcerated. And then we got the others, which is, makes up your Asians, your Indians, and other populations. 113,600 of them are so incarcerated. What you're making me aware to, because we always talk about, see, ignorance, mm-hmm. I always say, is a MF. And knowledge mm-hmm. is power. I, you know, in, in most black communities, and I know I've been one to always say this, that they always got the black brother. You know, I was thinking that it's more. I thought the blacks the majority. That might have been the case. But listening to you and learning, I'm mm-hmm. an enlightener. But an enlightener mm-hmm. can learn. I'm learning something right now. I'm always teaching on my shows. But I'm learning mm-hmm. now. All this whole oh, yeah. time listening to you, I've been learning. And, and what I'm learning you, is that is the let me just finish for a second because I don't learn from you. I don't learn mm-hmm. that the statistics then went from being just on blacks to now it's all over. It's global now. It's I mean just international. It's no longer mm-hmm. about just black holding black men down, black men down like we've been claiming in this revolutionary fight. It holding the black men down. Holding, no, it's, it's past just holding the black men down. They're incarcerating. Just for money, it doesn't make the. If, if yeah, you are living, now now you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you you, you, you break these laws, baby, and they are gonna get you. They don't care what race you from. Now right you now. understand. Yeah, you taught me, brother. You taught. Yeah, now you understand. Life. It's not a, it's, You know what? It's not about race. You know, and because it just went off, let me get it. Let me give you this right here, bro. I love the sound bite. That's the rooster. The, 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 I, your know, I woke just up, woke baby. Up. I know. I woke up. I know. Your chicken just woke up. Because you know it. what? I'm gonna tell you something, I man. At the light. end of the day, it's I not about light. it's not about race anymore, man. Now, unfortunately, we get caught up in it the most, you know, because we're just at that point on the totem pole. But here's the deal. Let me tell you something, man. If you get somebody who's white, it doesn't matter what your race is. You don't have if you the police and the police are profiling like this. They look at cars. They look at all these things before they decide they're gonna pull somebody because they don't want to send somebody to the prosecutor that's gonna be able to fight back because he got money. They don't want to send that. The prosecutors, let me tell you what else feeds parole and probation. Prosecutors play this game. It's called wait and sit. They will lock you up, and they will make you sit in jail until you decide to accept the plea. This is what what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the cases that are resolved, you know, are resolved through plea bargains. The defense attorneys want to come in there because they want to get paid. Their goal is to get paid because your ass got in trouble. <laughs> the prosecutor. Let me tell you something. The prosecutor's goal is the prosecutor wants to establish a winning record. All he cares about is how many victories he's walked out of that with. It doesn't matter if you were borderline innocent. It doesn't matter if you were simply innocent. It doesn't matter. Family, read the statistics. Look at how many men, especially black men, are getting released from jail after spending years in prison for crimes that they did not commit. Okay. I said especially black men, but guess what, family? There's a whole shipload of white men out there they didn't do. 
So this is what I'm saying to you, family. It's not just about race. It's about money. And for those people that like to watch TV and, just and they believe in no, but you know what? And they believe in law and order, and they like to watch those television shows where the thing goes chum chum, and the, the, the DA comes on and says, well, you know what? I don't agree with this because it's not right. Well, you know what? Let me tell y'all something. That's a damn fallacy. You're looking at make-believe. You're looking at somebody's imagination in a perfect world. The reality of it is, if you've never lived through it, is let me tell you something. When you go to court, whether you are innocent or not, district attorneys very rarely are reasonable enough to the point where they will accept the fact that you may not have done this. What they generally look at is, theoretically, can I prove this in court? And if they can prove it, let me tell you something, family. They don't, if they think they can theoretically prove that you did something, they don't give a damn where you were or what you said you was doing. They're about to take you through the ringer. And if you don't have the money, and no, wait a minute. And if you don't have the money or the finances, and I mean to hire a decent attorney and you walk in there with a public defender, let me just tell you what you need to do. Get your paddle, get your boat ready, because you're going to go up shit creek. Oh, yeah. Brother, that's why I said earlier, I yep. understood you because I didn't do any state time, but being tossed in and out of the system through little things in my past, I know that this system, like I say in my um, song, this system's really racketeering. It's like tomorrow. They don't want justice as paperwork to them. It's a job politics. That's right. You know, That's people, you know what, and I'm glad you mentioned that because people like to say, well, you know, we got the mobsters, we got the, we got the gang members. Let me tell you all something. You know what, the real gangsters, the real mobsters, are operating right under our noses, the parole, the probation, and the child support system. Those are your real mobsters, family. And all y'all say, well, we need our money, Frank. Let me tell y'all something. How did all these kids used to make it before the child support shit kicked into place, before the parole and probation started realizing we can make so much money? How did all these things function? They functioned just fine. These people came along and said, hmm, you know what, I can make money off of this. And so they started making money off and they devised systems to do that. Let me tell y'all something, family. This is real talk. And for those of you who don't agree with me, call in. The number seven one eight six six four six five four three. Call in and let's hear what's on your hearts and your minds. What you got what you think about that, brother? Those original gangsters that I'm talking about now. I think this. I was talking with a, a brother on a show and I to, I mentioned that we were still in slavery. And yep. he disagreed with me. And I said to him, We might not be in shackles and chains. But this mm-hmm. system has got us in so many different forms of captivities you just don't know. And the main one is mental captivity, because like what you keep saying, Don Adams, if you wake up, and I know that you had to say this in your other previous shows, and I haven't heard your previous shows, but listening to you now, you had to been, and I know you're still crying this out to your people, because I'm, feeling, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling your spirit. I know you had to say these words to your listeners many times. Don't fall into these traps. That's right. Right. You know something, man? I like to share knowledge with family. Let me let me drop something on these people right quick. For those of you who don't know, okay, let me give you all the history on parole and probation in the criminal justice system, okay? Now, this is I'm, I'm, my area of education is criminal justice, for those who don't know. So I'm going to drop this out there, okay? The state of Georgia, and so I think North Carolina also, but in particular Georgia, were established as debtors' prisons. The people were sent here because they owed the king a debt. Back in the day, I'm talking about King Henry the Third. I mean the Eighth. They owed him a debt, so they were sending. He was sending people. In other words, he was kicking them out of England and saying, "If you owe me some money on back taxes or whatever, I'm kicking you out until you come up with my money." So he was sending people and sentencing them to come and live in the state of Georgia as we know it today. Now, with that being said, let's get to the origins of probation. Okay, the origins of probation can be traced 
to the English criminal law back in the Middle Ages. Harsh penalties, punishments, I'm sorry, were imposed on adults and children alike for offenses that were not always if a serious nature of a serious nature, but sentences such as branding, flogging, mutilation, and execution were common sentences back in the day. Well, during the time of Henry VIII, for instance, no less than 200 crimes were punishable by death, many of which were minor offenses. These, this, this harshness eventually led to a discontentment uh, amongst the people. So people said, man, you're killing people for simple things. Why are you doing this? They didn't know any other way. So they were killing people for things that they really didn't have to kill them for, simple, simple crimes. So guess what? The English society, concerned with the evolution of the criminal justice system, slowly yet resolutely in an effort to, uh, to mitigate these inhumane punishments, a, a variety of measures were devised and adopted. Royal pardons could be purchased by the accused. A royal pardon, basically what they're saying is activist judges could refrain from applying statutes or could opt for a lenient interpretation of them by uh, such as stolen property uh, could be devalued by the court so that the offender could be charged with a lesser crime. Their plea bargains. They started to learn how to plea bargain family. So then what they say is, okay, well, what we'll do is also as a benefit to the clergy and to the king and to the judicial system, sanctuary and arbitration were offered as offenders were at, the, even back in the day, were offered the means of payment in lieu of going to jail. So family, that was effect probation back in the day. You follow where I'm going? They discovered, yeah, they discovered way back in the day, back during the time of Henry, King Henry the Eighth. But you know what? Exactly. So and guess what? Probation, and today as we stand with probation and parole, when these people are on probation and parole, they have to pay fines and fees, and some of this goes back to the government. It goes back into the pockets of the people that are sitting there, you know, making these laws and these rules. Period. It's a racket, family. And we ain't going to forget about child support. Go ahead, bro. I know the court systems of Constantine and them were very ruthless. That Mm -hmm. I know for a fact. That I know for a And we're not going to forget about child support. You know, it's interesting because I met a brother uh, just yesterday, man, who lost his license because he's paying child support back pay for some grown kids. Same type of stuff I'm dealing with. But he's paying some child support on some grown kids. They came in and took this brother's license from him, man. He, now he's riding around on a scooter because he, you know, he doesn't need his license to do that. But he's riding around on a scooter trying to make ends meet. You know what? Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing that I'm going to is that that is sad because we try to look at child support. One of the biggest phrases that they'll toss out there is it's the best interest of the child. That's a bunch of shit. Let me tell you something. A lot of fathers, and I, and I can't fault a man for saying this, have felt that they have been unjustly put into the system because the woman has been vengeful or whatever the case be, and they walk away from the whole situation. That means they don't even want to be a part of the child's life because of what you have done. Now, some people say that they're monsters. Some people say that they're wrong. But you know what? I say this, and this is my personal opinion. I say that there has to be a standard, and if that is the standard, to show people, look, there's a better way rather than feeding our own people, white or black, into the child support system, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Walk away. Leave it alone. Pay your money and walk away so they can't bother you. Leave them alone. Just do me one favor, brother. I got to just come off the air for a quick second, and I'm going to oh, come please. right back. Trust me. Do your thing, man. The, line, hey, the, the lines will be open, man. Do your thing, brother. The I lines will be, will be open. I just got to go off the air right quick. I will, be, I will be right back. All right. Do your thing, brother. The lines will be open. But, family, you know, as I said before, you know, this is startling. You know, we have to realize. We have to look at 
that we have to look at the fact that you know what, uh, you know, the child support system, the parole system, okay, all these things that are out there, these things are out there ensnaring our boys and our men. And let's not forget about our women. We had a woman calling in on one of our shows earlier. She was getting whipped over the table with child support, beat down with it, and needlessly so. Her husband ended up forgiving the debt because he felt like it was just the right thing to do. I'm not going to mention her name, but she was, and she was a very profound speaking woman, which, you know, it happens. And it's not a gender issue. It's a social issue, family, which is what this show is about tonight, the social traps that are out there. Bottom line, family, we got to learn as a people and as a group, however you want to look at it, to resolve our differences without going into the system and having these things worked out against us or, in some cases, financially uh, over us because it's a burden. All right, family, you listen to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. I'm chopping it up at this point about child support, parole, and probation. And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. The number to call for those who want to chime in is 718-664-6543. And I want to hear what's on your hearts and minds. Of course, I know y'all are shy. I am too, but I get paid for it. So guess what? It's all good. So stick with us, family, on the Pay Some Bills, and we'll be right back. Urban Literary Review, where literature and urban meet. Hosted weekly by Tia from D.C. Bookman and Martin from Culture First. Urban Literary Review comes on Blog Talk Radio. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Urban Literary Review. Urban Literary Review comes on twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Our mission is to shine a positive light on the urban literary industry by promoting literature and discussing issues that are pertinent to the growth of the industry. In addition to being an online radio show, Urban Literary Review also provides authors with promotion to over 15,000 African American readers for only $99 per month. So don't forget to listen and tune in each week, every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio forward slash Urban Literary Review. Or check us out for more information at www.myspace.com forward slash Urban Literary Review.
y'all. It's here. It's finally here. The buzz is here. What is the buzz? EOTM Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com is a monthly magazine on the web. Continuing with EOTM's mission to encourage, empower, and enlighten. Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com will help bring entrepreneurs together and connecting minds will increase networks to increase networks. Read EOTM Buzzwire Magazine each month at EOTMBuzzwire.com and stay enlightened and empowered. Hey, welcome back to the Todd Adams Jr. Talk Show. Hey, we're talking about parole, probation, and um, child support. That's right. That's what I call them, social issues, social traps. Um, those things that are out there looking for us, especially in particular black men. Um, we fall prey to it more than anyone else, but we're not going to forget about our Caucasian brothers because they get hit in the pockets just as much as we are. Get over the head, too. But before we go any further, family, I want to send some shouts out to my Night Strikers. That's right, my adoptive uh, bag of family here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. That's right, my group. They told me when I gave my shouts out tonight, I'd be able to say they were my group because I belong to them. That's right, family. In a, it's a universal relationship. We're having an anniversary party, uh, Saturday, June 12, 2010, from 6 p.m. until. It's going to be at the Temple Provado. Uh, 2865 Donald How- Lee Howell Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30318. Uh, it's $10 at the door. I didn't mention that before, but it's $10 at the door. Um, let them know that you mentioned that you heard this on EOTM Radio if you want to get in. And you know what? I'll split the cost with your family. I'll take it out of my pocket and split the cost with all of those that come to the door and say, hey, they heard about the party at EO on, on EOTM Radio. I'll pay the $5 for you to get in. And it's five for you and your guests, regardless of what size your party is. We'll do it like that, family. So five hours again, six until, and you can party with the Night Strikers uh, on 2865 Donnelly Hollowell Parkway, Atlanta, Georgia, 30318. How about that, family? Great biker group, great group of people, and I'm damn proud to be a part of that organization. Let's go from there. But we're talking about these, these judges, these ambitious prosecutors, greedy defense attorneys, and most importantly, we're talking about the people out there who have a hard time uh, resolving their social issues, family. That's what the, the cause of the criminal justice system is all about. Those four elements right there. Judges who don't throw these cases out when they don't belong in there. Prosecutors who feel like, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to make a name for myself as a tough prosecutor so I can ride around my BMW and make my $400,000 a month, uh, $400,000 house payment. And then you got the defense attorneys who get paid all the bucks to get the guys off when they know you're guilty. So the, the bottom line is, you know, hey, this is a system um, that's set in place, family, that, that, that's making money. And we can't forget about those folks over there with the child support issues. Um, you know, they're just as ruthless, if not even more so ruthless, because it, to me it creates and facilitates a slave mentality sort of atmosphere because they're cracking the backs of people, whether you're black, white, or whatever, 
You know, you don't see a lot of Hispanic brothers up in there. You don't see a lot of uh, uh, Asian brothers up in the system, and the child, especially in the child support system, because they have good family values, family. And I'm not saying that we don't have it in the, in the black community in, or in the Caucasian community, but what I am saying is that it's so integrated with these people uh, that they understand on, on a larger level how to um, resolve their family issues without letting it get into the courtroom. It's not to say that they don't have issues. They just resolve them before they get to court, and therefore they don't have to worry about what goes on in the court system because they sit down at some point and they resolve these things. Amen to that, family? Amen? Oh, and by the way, uh, the host, the opinions of one host uh, do not necessarily reflect all of those of the others that are connected with EOTM. Uh, with that being said, you know, hey, uh, if you don't like what I say or what I have to say, that's fine. I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Probation is a mess. Let me just go back to probation, family. Check this out. These folks have figured out how to make so much money off of it. You know, they don't. They, nowadays, they don't just use state-run probation offices. They use private probation offices. Uh, these are private companies owned by individuals who have decided to step in and assist the government with its overage of inmates that they want to leave out on the streets. Now, earlier I tried to give all uh, the history of probation, uh, you know, and I did that, I think, you know, uh, on the level of, you know, hey, listen, it began back in the day. So a lot of folks want to mention John Augustina, who was the person who originally, actually here in the United States, originated that. But uh, I think it started way back in the days of King Henry, because John Augustina had that. He got that idea from somewhere uh, other than you know, other than the Americans. Um, here's something interesting about probation family. Um, in, an, in an effect, <coughs> excuse me. There's a bill that actually abolishes probation services. It replaces it with uh, a list of functions that can be undertaken absolutely by absolutely anybody, and that's uh, why it's very, 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 uh, it's a badly designed bill, so to speak. Basically, what I'm going with that, family, is that there, are le there is legislation uh, that has been introduced in our country that would effectively abolish probation or would abolish uh, parole. Um, not to say that your loved ones could not be paroled or that your loved ones could not have the option of probation in lieu of going to jail, but abolish it to the point where the states won't be able to make as much money as they're making off of it and make it as, as lucrative as they are. Now, here's some information for you folks out there that are on probation and that are on parole. Let me just toss some things out there for you. Number one, communication. If you have a parole or probation officer, learn to communicate with them. How do you do that? Listen, family, if, even if you don't, even if you don't have the money to pay your parole or your probation officer, call in or report. Here's a little unknown secret. Any contact that you have with that probation or parole officer is considered a report. It could be a mail-in. It could be you called him. It could be you were out at McDonald's. Or, matter of fact, you were at the movies, and you saw him there, and you spoke to him and said, hey, uh, Mr. Mr. Officer so-and-so, how you doing? That's a contact. That's a report. It can be considered a report. What happens is sometimes you get these parole and probation officers who are so hard up straight out of college uh, who don't have their people skills in tune and they want to drag you through the loop. 
Well, what you have to remember as a probationer is that it's up to you. It's not up to him, but it's up to you to communicate with him. That makes it easier on all fronts because it also takes away that person's ability to reincarcerate you should they decide to feel like, hey, you're just not doing what you need to do. You follow where I'm going, family? Here's another thing. Most people don't realize that when you're on probation in particular, um, you know, when you're, you're having a hard time paying the fees and fines, you know what, ask that probation officer if you can get a waiver. Yes, you can get one. That probation officer will then have to go to the judge and petition the courts for a hearing. They will notify you of the hearing, and you will go to the hearing, and you can at that time present your side of it to the judge and simply let the judge know, hey, I can't afford these fees and these fines. The judges have the option of saying, you know what, I'm going to lead you on probation to strictly report no fees and fines and eliminate that money that you have to pay, which means you would then only have to report. Now, most judges don't want to do that because they understand that that's money out of the county's pocket. But guess what? At the end of the day, what it does is it alleviates that burden on you, especially if you have extenuating circumstances. Remember that, extenuating circumstances, you need to be able to articulate that. Go to your probation officer and say, hey, look, you know what, I lost my job, X, Y, Z. Because believe it or not, family, probation and parole will work with you a hell of a lot better than child support will. Child support is really the worst thing we got going out there, family. Believe me when I tell you that. Because I met a brother, I was saying in the middle of the day, uh, the other day, I met a brother who lost his license, and he's disabled, and they didn't care. Uh, unfortunately for him, he didn't realize that because he is disabled, that when he rece- if he's receiving his disability check, he has to let them know, and I educated him, he has to let them know to send his child support a check so that his child support gets paid annually or gets paid monthly. So now that he knows that he's going to go back and he's going to do that, and hopefully he can get his license reinstated. But, family, there's so much going on with the system that we don't know, okay? We just do not know. And that's what my shows are about, uh, putting it out there for you, family. The number to call for those of you who want to call in is 718-665, I'm sorry, 664 uh, You want to call in and chop it up. And, yes, the blog room is open. Unfortunately, I'm not in it. Um, but uh, for those of you who do want to call and uh, chop it up with Don EOTM Adams on tonight's topics, uh, the parole, probation, and the child support system, God forbid, uh, give us a call and we can do that. Well, somebody get that dog out of here. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my dog. With that being said, Stay tuned, family. We're going to go ahead and take another commercial break. we got to pay some bills. You know how it is. I get paid to do this on a regular. So we're going to play, some, com- we're going to play some, uh, some commercials, and we'll be right back with the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show, and hopefully we'll get some of you out to call in and quit being shy. Magazine, the hottest urban men's magazine on the planet. Period. Only real women with real curves at Dennis. www.dennismag.com. www.dennismag.com. The truth is out there. Okay, I'm going to be 
from the hood, I hope ya. You want beef, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. My first album had no famous get the benefits, the outcome. I'm crowned the best services. Many years on this professional level. What would you question is better? The world is still mine. Tattoos real with Godson across the belly. The boss of rap. He saw me in belly with thoughts like that. To take it back to Africa, I did it with Biggie. Me and Tupac were soldiers of the same struggle. You lame to huddle, your team shook. I feel the wrath of a pillar. Cause this is my football field. Throwing passes from a barrel. Shoulder pads apparel. But the QB don't stand for no quarterback. Every word is like a start off blast. Cause y'all all soft and I'm the black hearse that came to haul y'all laughing. This is for the hood by the corner store. Many cry, many die. Come at nines if you wanna walk. Get it bloody. Uh. I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You are And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya. Yo, I'm the N, the A to the S-I-R And if I wasn't, I must have been Escobar You know the kid got a skip too thick Care-hearted with a barber's deciseness Brave-hearted for life is return of the golden child Son of a blues player So who are you, player? Y'all waited the truth, savior Puffin' that bopper coat Cups of that bopper too Poppy shoes toe up Wake up in a hospital, throw up never Remember, I did it through right to step You Judas thought I was gone So in light of my death, I've been all happy Go lucky, bunch of samples Call me God Son, with my pants low, I don't die slow Put them rags up like Peter Pablo This is Nasdaq dope In my NASCAR with this now slow Look a beat that, not a slow rep it. Hit the record store, never let me go Get my hood elected, yeah I got mine, I hope ya You from the hood, I hope ya You gonna be hope And when I see you, I'ma take what I want So you try the front, hope ya You ain't real, hope ya Return of the Prince the Boy. This is real hardcore. Kid rockin' limp. This is soft. Sip this. Get chips riskin' on my floor. Take a look. Look. Pick up in that box. The point. The top cut off. Rich kids going top the soft. They don't know about the box tomorrow. And everybody wanna know. Where the kid go? Where he rest at? Where he shop at and dress at? Know he got dough. Where does he live? Is he still in the bridge? Does he really know how ill he is? Got all the y'all watching my moves. My watch and my jewels. Hop in my coupe. God Interviews like that, it's not only my jewels, like anything, plenty things. Look at my tennis shoes, the ice that who am I? The back twister, lingerie ripper, automatic leg spreader, quick a brain getter, keep it a gangster with ya. I got mine, I hope ya. You from the hood, I hope ya. You want me, hope ya. And when I see you, I'ma take what I want, so you try to front, hope ya. You ain't real, hope ya.
over with a phone. I, I should have known. Damn, I should have known. This wouldn't last long when you didn't come home tonight. And now I'm on in the zone. Handle business on my own. So respect the queen on the throne. I, here's the strong advice. Move on, that's life. You wrong, I'm right. And I'm glad I'm How are you? You listen to the Don Adams Senior Talk Show. We're talking about parole, probation, and we're talking about the ugliest beast of all, child support. You know, and, and we're not talking about them to chop them up. We're talking about it to enlighten folks. Uh, you know, it's a money-making scheme. It's a money-making issue. you got to realize what's going on, family. you got to fix what's going on. You know, and, 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 and just about any show that I do and, and put out there, it's about family issues, family values. We have none. We've gotten away from that as a people, and we're suffering because of that, you know. Our kids, our, our women, and our children are growing up part of the parole and probation system, and, and even, what's even worse is that, uh, you know, our mothers are raising children by themselves. They're using kids as pawns in the child support game and running the fathers off. Some people may say, well, there's no excuse for that. You should always know. I'm sorry. Let me tell you something, family. If, depending on the circumstances. And I can understand if it happens, because it happened to me. But if the situation was right and someone was using a child completely against you in in ways that they had no business doing it or that was not even necessary, you know, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. Uh, 